3: Good morning, and welcome to the Max Out Saving Show. I'm Ted Gioka and we're talking savings, investments, and in your retirement here on the Max Out Saving Show. Our, our show is, is, is all about saving money and building up wealth. We've been on the air for over 15 years now, and we uh, come one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows. We've got people listening all over the world. You can go to the Listen Live button, actually, on uh, AM 1070, The Answer uh, the, the station's website listen anywhere in the world. We also have podcasts you can listen to as well. So, the, so there's a lot of ways to participate. We have a, a free newsletter we send out as well. We've got thousands of people on that list as, as well. So, so we really we want to bring all this to you to help you save money and, and build up wealth. I mean, that that, that is the, the key over the long term is save aggressively and invest conservatively. And that, this is why we talk so much about this to try to get you uh, on that track of what, of what you're looking at here, so so remember, it's it, save aggressively, invest conservatively. The uh, looking forward, know, where do we go from here? And, and I think one of the answers is is really it's been a very volatile year in the markets, and and, and I think it's I, I think we're going to continue to see that happen uh, going forward. Uh, we we over the. It, 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 this is – uh, over the last decade, the Federal Reserve has, has pushed money into the system uh, a number of times, and, 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 what, and what they're doing is, 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 is every single time things start slowing down, the Fed rushes in with more money, and their balance sheets have gone, have gone up trillions of dollars. Our debts have gone up trillions of dollars, which has been in the last two years. The only time we've spent a larger amount of money as a percentage of GDP – Of uh, gross domestic product is during World War II when we were fighting the Nazis and we redid the whole country and built built a war machine to to halt the the spread of of, of Nazism and Adolf Hitler. We've never spent money like this, and this is and the concerning thing is this is after from 2008. Up to that point, every single time there was the least a little bit of crisis, the market dropped the least a little bit, the Fed rushed in with money and, and, and pushing it ever higher and higher. And so here we are today with a very expensive market based on a PE ratio, based on cash flow ratio, based on free cash flow. Now, people go, look, interest rates are based on interest rates, the market is fairly where it should be. Well, we had the lowest interest rates in 5,000 years. So, I mean, it, if you push rates to zero, in theory, uh, which, which is where they are in the Fed funds, in theory, uh, the, the P-E ratio can go to infinity. But, 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 but it just shows you how to completely out of whack the financial system is. Wall Street uh, has, has run the Federal Reserve. They're, they're owners of the Federal Reserve. Actually, having a discussion with uh, friends of mine the other evening. And, and, and the answer, you know, I say Wall Street owned, no one really knows who owns the Federal Reserve. It's this mystery organization started in, I think, 1917. And, and, and since then, the dollar's done nothing but depreciate. Uh, it's basically controlled by Wall Street banks. And so every time there's a crisis, they flood the system of money. And they've been wrong a remarkable amount of time. In 1999, uh, which is very similar to what we're dealing with now, in 1999, we had a uh, a situation where, uh, hey, Miranda, can you double check? I seem to be getting some feedback in my mic here. I'm going to double check my stuff here. If you could just make sure we're not, if something is just not right there, double check that. Uh, looking out uh, going forward, the Federal Reserve has come in, and what they've done is, is they have, they have, uh, flooding the system's money. Well, here we are today with, with tr- $29, $30 trillion worth of debt, massive leverage throughout the system, and they really can't raise rates anymore. In the past, the Federal Reserve has raised, the Fed funds rates about 350% to slow slowdown in the economy, 3.5%. That's been the average. And that causes a slowdown, and that gets inflation under control. Right now, we have the highest inflation since... Since the 19, early 1980s, 1977 percent PPI is astounding, and that we still have rates at at at, at zero. So the Fed, the Federal Reserve, we've had heavy inflation for over a year now. Uh, you know, look, coming in on on a year and a half of inflation, and the Fed has thought it was going to be transitory. They've been completely wrong, as they usually are wrong on everything. They, uh, and and what they've done is. Is is they haven't done anything yet because they're terrified if they raise interest rates the 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 the, the stock market down or the economy going up. Well, the number one correlation to the stock market has been the Federal Reserve money printing. If you just keep flooding the system with money, uh, it, the stocks go high. The Federal Reserve and the United and the government has spent so much money. Federal Reserve has printed so much money that people go well. Look, inflation's not going to be a problem because the velocity of money is is. Is not going to, is not going up so clearly every time we've had inflation the velocity of money goes up so it's not going to happen this time well the velocity of money is simply your uh, your, uh, your your GDP divided by the uh, the m2 or m1 which is the money supply well if you if you put massive amounts of money into the system and increase money supply 30 percent which is about what they've done 25 thirty percent the GDP can't grow that quickly so the Okay, we're good. Okay. It might be my system here. I'll have to check on it. Uh, so, so what we're looking at is uh, we're looking at a situation where the the, the, Fed, the the Fed has got to come in. The, 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 the denominator has gone, gotten so big because they pumped in so much money. The velocity of the money can't go up. Because the economy can't go up quick enough because there's so much money in the system, you can't spend it quick enough for the velocity to go up. Like if I give, if I give one of our listeners a million dollars, he can't spend it all in a day or a week or a month. It's going to take him a while to spend it. And, and, and so that's why the, the people looking at the velocity of money are wrong. Inflation, inflation is here. It's a huge problem because of the Federal Reserve. So, so where am I going with this? Well, it, it, it's very simple. The Fed has put in so much money in the system. It's tidied up asset prices. Home prices are going up. Stock prices are going up. But well, with home prices, average buyers can't afford houses. I was in Austin yesterday. Uh, actually, in the morning, came back in the afternoon. But uh, I, I drove by a subdivision kind of on the outskirts of town. It, 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 and the houses, they look like cracker boxes. I mean, they look like basically uh, double-wides. And, and so I just went to the website to see how much they cost, and they were built right, you know, ten feet from each other, and they were like two hundred and thirty to two hundred and eighty thousand dollars for basically a double wide uh, put on a lot. I mean, it was extraordinary. And, and so average people cannot afford this, and so working people can't afford the housing prices. And, and so what the Fed has done is they've priced working people in this country out of out of their lifestyle, out of out of the ownership of property, and, and so. So, so, so where do we go with this? Well, if you listen to Klaus Schmidt, uh, Klaus Schwab, excuse me, of Davos, and you listen to the Davos crowd, this is this elite group of people headquartered out of Switzerland that are, there's a lot of them in the United States that are big Davos supporters, and at Davos, a lot of the Democrats. They say, well, look, in the future, you won't own anything and you'll love it. Well, what they've done is they flooded the system with money, it, 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 and now housing prices have gone up. Uh, and the only people that can afford it are wealthy people and big, big organizations like BlackRock Funds, who's you know, run by Larry Fink, a globalist elite, Davos, uh, really an acolyte, that, that, that wants to buy up the housing stock in the United States and rent it out to the American people. And, and so what these people are doing is they're basically terraforming the United States of America into their new woke world. Of uh, 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 it's a very dark place i mean if you had to side with the Davos crowd or Xi Jinping at china i'd take the chinese every single time. But, i mean these people are are crazy i mean they, you know we, we've seen i mean the the, the uh Lieutenant governor dan patrick has already written the control the uh, 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 state control that we need to put dot the blackrock people on black on the boycott list because of their their, their, their uh, attempts to try to destroy the oil and gas business and you say ted who is blackrock BlackRock is the largest uh, money manager in the world. They have about – in, in fixed income, they have about seven trillion billion. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get every company to, to, to divest energy. They're trying to get every company to have a zero uh, carbon footprint. Again, this is this Davos New World Order, uh, you know, things. And, and, and so, so, so what we're dealing with, we're dealing with people that are pricing us out of the market, that they're pricing working people out of the market. And they're creating a new feudal system based on uh, on on the past in, in Europe. Uh, I mean, the idea we're listening to the Europeans on anything is just generally remarkable. But but so so this is what we're dealing with. So how do we get out of this problem? Well, this is the Fed is in a box right now. They can't raise rates. They got thirty trillion dollars with the government. other it, it, it's going to crash the deficit. So you have got to start raising rates. So they're going to start raising what's called the Fed funds, which is a very short term rate. Now they're projecting four, maybe five increases this year. But keep in mind, if they do five at a quarter point, which is very impressive, it's only one and a quarter percent. That might not slow anything down. It's not going to start for another month or two. Then they're still printing about $100 billion worth of, of, of money to buy bonds a, a, month, a, a, a month right now, which is extraordinary. They're still printing money. So what do you do in that situation? The American people aren't going to sit around and tolerate inflation and have their livelihoods wiped out by reckless government spending in the Federal Reserve. So one thing the Fed can do is if they cannot, if, if the market falls, it's not going to hurt them. If, if stock prices fall, if they start threatening crypto and crypto prices fall, there's a lot of people buying houses with crypto money. There's a lot of people buying houses with, with, with stock money. I mean, I, I, look, I've talked to people in the last two weeks in Houston in College Station, in Temple, Texas, in Austin, uh, up in, in Hill Country, in Fredericksburg, and in New Mexico. Every single one of those people brought up, you can't believe how many Californians are moving into whatever place I just named and buying properties up. because a lot of them are using sky-high equity and, 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 and sky-high home prices in California, and they're getting out because they realize that the, the economy is collapsing in California. But if you knock down stock prices, if you knock down crypto, then you can maybe control inflation. There were, look, if you go look past through history, there's a couple things that bring down government. One of them is wars, and the other one is inflation quickly. And, and, and the inflation is out of control in the United States. The, the Federal Reserve and the government, in particular Democrats, are now scared of inflation. They know they're going to get blown out in the election unless they do something pretty quickly. In, in, the, in the midterms, and, and so if stock prices fall, that can cool down inflation. That that makes a further risk to, to stocks here. And this is what I'm, I want to bring up today is you, inflation is the biggest threat to your portfolio. Just because inflation eats up the portfolio, it, stocks rarely perform well in inflation. Uh, every every decade we've had inflation, we've had poor stock performance. And the other thing is it's becoming in the best inter- interest of the Fed for stock prices not to go up. Now, the number one driver for stock price prices, according to research over the last 20 years, has been Fed Reserve money printing. So they're, they, they publicly said, look, we're going to cut back the money printing and we're going to raise rates. This means stock prices are, are, are in trouble. This means the market's overvalued in here and, and it's going to start selling off. This is why we've had up up as of Thursday, now it changed because of a big rally Friday, as of Thursday, we've had the worst start to the stock market since nineteen thirty-nine. The worst start for the stock market since nineteen thirty nine. Now we're gonna discuss that and where it goes from here, right after this quick break right here on the Max Out Savings show.
2: Max Out Saving Show at Ted Gioca will return shortly. To speak with Ted Gioka now, call 713-339-1070. Back in a moment with the Max Out Saving Show.
4: Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of the morning show right here on AM 1070. The answer
2: We return now to the Max Out Savings Show. Here's Ted Gioka
3: Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. The booking uh, out, uh, we were just talking about the, the market as of Thursday had really the worst uh Performance since 1939 year to date. I mean, it's the worst start to the new year. Now, the the, the, the market, the S and P went up about two and a half percent, a little under that, and and the Nasdaq went up about three uh, percent Friday, and that kind of bailed things out a little bit. But the, the Nasdaq, the S and P is still down o- over seven percent. The Nasdaq is down over twelve percent year to date. I mean, this is it, the month isn't even over yet. It, 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 and again, people are sensing that the Fed has got to get serious with inflation. And, and, and the biggest correlation to the markets has been the Fed helping – cutting cutting interest rates and, and cutting money. And they're like, look, we can't do this anymore. We've got to do something. Okay, great. And, and so they have to do something about like inflation. And so this is going to change things. Hello, Jim. Welcome to the Max Out Saving Show.
5: Oh, hey, Ted. Enjoy your program. I don't know if you've ever read uh, The Creature from Jekyll Island about what a scam the uh, reserve is.
3: Yeah, I have. I I, I feel I have. It's a good
5: book. You ought to check it out sometime. But my main question is about my portfolio. I've moved quite a bit of my money, about 80% of it, into a Vanguard Wellington fund. I just wanted your feedback on that, see what you thought about it.
3: Uh, Well, Vanguard Wellington is mostly stocks, isn't it, if I remember right? It's about a 60 40. It's
5: that old 60 40 split. Okay. With. Uh, uh, high grade bonds and um, you know uh, blue chip stocks.
3: Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a very good fund, very good fund. Uh, what's the other? 20 Do you think it'll help me ride out this
5: disaster that's coming our way?
3: Uh, I think you probably need to tone, pull it back just a little bit. Uh, what's the other twenty percent in?
5: the other twenty percent. Oh, I've got ten percent in cash, and then I've got another ten percent in some uh, index funds, ETFs. Okay. Uh,
3: yeah, I tell you what, I would I would pull it back to about twenty percent, given the situation right now with these markets. Uh, okay. just uh, if, look, we should get a bounce here. Uh, it, 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 the market's very oversold and uh, due for a bounce, and uh, the, you know they're going to try to make make things more positive here. Uh, the economy is going to reopen from the Omicron here shortly, but 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 I do think you're going to have a much much more volatile year, and, and and I think you're going to have I don't think sixty forty is going to be the way to go going forward. And, and some of the Wellington those will be a little longer term bonds which could come under some pressure uh, as said, starts raising interest rates up, and so I think it's going to be real interesting to see. So yeah, I, w- I would go with extra twenty. I'd go twenty percent in here. Give yourself some cash to try to uh, – if you do get a pullback or to adjust on different – because you're going to see, like, the tech is having a big sell-off. You're going to be different sectors selling off, and to give you some opportunity. Uh, by the way, I still think tech is going lower over the year – throughout the year. Okay, I do, too. Okay, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, good that, – God. that Wellington's a very good fund. I would just increase the cash a little bit.
5: Yes, sir. Thank you.
3: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, that's what – I think – to take a look at your portfolio, there was a story in the journal this week, the Wall Street Journal, that a lot of retirees have weight are really overweighted in in the the the, uh, the stock market itself. But uh, Jim, I don't think it was too bad, but but you have to take a look at things because things are changing. Miranda, do we have another phone call? Yes, next caller. Okay. Yes. Welcome to the Max Out
1: Savings Show.
6: Thanks. Uh, good morning. Uh, Last week I was listening to you talk about BlackRock and Larry Fink and all that, and unfortunately I couldn't call in, but I did want to touch base with you on that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the Texas, you know, or, or Larry Fink and BlackRock, as you stated, is very anti-oil and gas, very anti-Texas, and Texas apparently is trying to do something. You know, they passed Senate Bill 13, and that's passed and signed by the governor, and I'm glad to see that you're publicizing it. And it sounds like uh, Dan Patrick's on the case too. But it yeah, sounds yeah. like, and you correct me if I'm wrong about this, you know, now the, the case is really with Glenn Hager, the Comptroller, who's really got to implement that. Um, I don't know if that's true or something else has to happen before that. But uh, is that kind of how you see it or is something else yeah. going on? Yeah. yeah. it seems I, like he's I, the guy that he's got – He's got the bill. It's passed and signed. Now it's on him to do something about it.
3: Yeah, we're going to try to get him on the show, or at least get some information on what he plans to do going forward with this, because they are—they're going to be on the list, and 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 it's mostly going to be that state can't do business with them, and and they can't do you know, let them handle the lending and things, and and I think BlackRock's going to have to be pushed more because look, there's there's. Thousands and you know, probably uh, millions of people all over the country – well, there is millions of people all over the country in the oil and gas business that have money through pension funds and things with BlackRock, and, and BlackRock needs to represent the, the people of the United States. They, they, they can't represent the views of Larry Fink and the Davos crowd, and this is it's, – it's, it's a real concern, and so I, I, we'll call him up and, and see what he's got to say on this and, uh, and continue to pursue this.
6: Yeah, I think that would be a great idea because, uh, again, I'm glad you and Dan Patrick are, are flushing this out in the open. I mean, you don't usually hear much about Glenn Heger and what he's up to, but it seems to me it's, it's on his case. Uh, coincidentally, and I don't know if you saw this, I happened to see, uh, I think it was on Fox News, uh, the state treasurer of West Virginia was on there, and he's essentially doing exactly the same thing. Uh, yes. You know, West Virginia is obviously an energy state. And uh, you know coal and gas mainly, but uh, uh, he's essentially doing the same thing. So I'm thinking, you know, good for him. And you know, West Virginia is, you know, way smaller than Texas, so we ought to carry a lot more, uh, a lot more attention uh, doing that. And I think it was on that same interview he made the point. Not only is is Blackrock and Larry Fink anti oil and gas, he's very pro China.
3: Yeah, no. Because BlackRock wants to get into China, they see a huge savings pool, and they want part. I mean, th- this is the this is the problem, Tom. We're running into is these corp these corporate uh, CEOs and in- present they they want to do business with China. Look, it's not in the best interest of the American people. Look how many jobs have been taken by the Chinese. Look how many factories have been closed. Look, I mean, we, we could be at war with China. In the next couple of years i mean there's no 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 doubt about it and, and, and we can't rely on them i mean uh, we'd like to be peace with at peace with the chinese but but we've got to stand up to them and and and, and, and if 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 the strategy with corporate America is no we're not going to allow anyone in the country to criticize china we're never china's never going to fall in line with the rest of the world and try to all get along and and it's a it's a serious concern i mean we're going to have to stand up to these to corporate america. This is very important. Is corporate America do, is, does not set policy in the United States of America? It doesn't set it for the American people. It doesn't it doesn't set law in the United States. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get into that business, in, and that's a very dangerous thing. And they, there needs to be substantial pushback on the on these CEOs across the board. They have no business getting in politics.
6: Uh, I agree of, with you, but I would I would add a shouldn't be setting <laughs> policy because I'm afraid way too much they are, you know, whether it's oil and gas or, uh, of course, the hot one is the pharmaceuticals, you know, what are they setting with all this vaccine stuff? But uh, that's a whole other subject. uh, So as far as an individual investor, I actually found out or figured out here a few months ago when you were talking about BlackRock, I had an investment in a BlackRock healthcare fund. I said, I don't want nothing to do with these. So I sold and invested in some others. But You know, I'm invested in different, you know, mutual funds, both stock and bonds, and have still money in a 401k. I'm sure somewhere buried in there (laughs) is investments in BlackRock. Is it near? Excuse me. Is it nearly impossible for an an individual investor to basically completely be divorced from BlackRock?
3: Well, that's the problem you're running into, and and this is why. Look, I mean, it's hard to avoid BlackRock because they own so many different things, and you know. Look, I mean, I think we have some stuff that that they have just because it's just – I mean, this is what we're having to deal with is is to try to – we're trying to avoid them as much as possible. But they have the BlackRock funds. They have other different things as well. And and so it's going to take a substantial pushback by the American people, by West Virginia, by the state of Texas. And and uh, this is a good call. Thank you, Tom. Uh, uh, But And and the the reason why we're losing as conservatives and Republicans is – we need these people on the other side, this Davos crowd, these elite people, they're thinking long-term. They're thinking 2030, 20, 2040, 20, 2050. 20, and we're just looking at the situation. We need to start thinking long-term. And so if you think long-term, you go to Blackwell, look, guys – You guys don't set policy in the United States of America. If you do, you become a threat to the United States of America. And I think it needs to be very clear to BlackRock, and we want to see your board. And we've looked at their board. They do have one former oil and gas executive on their board. But we we need to make sure there's enough people from the center of the country, not just the East Coast and and the West Coast, uh, but but from the center of the country – to, to, to get representation and politics out of that because we can't allow major corporations to be to set policy uh, but so but we have to think long term it's same thing with the housing market uh, Blackrock is now buying houses to rent out because they get good returns and, and, and the answer should be Blackrock that's a good idea however it, it's the policy of the United States of America and what the American people want is they would like ownership is very important to, to, to the American people if you buy a the housing stock and raise the prices. Younger people who are starting out can't afford to get in and become owners. And we want everybody to have ownership in the United States. This is an ownership society. I mean, in China, ownership at home is extremely important to them. I mean, and it should be here in the United States of America. And and so, so we have to go look yeah, it's a good idea for you guys to invest in houses, but we're, it's it's not what we want as a country because we want our people, our working people to have ownership. So you need to stay out of the housing market. It, 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 because long term, this is their goal. Their goal is to have everybody renting from BlackRock or, or Klaus Schwab at the Davos crowd or, 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 or Bezos at Amazon, renting their home, and they're making money. But that's not in the best interest of the United States. And we need to understand. We need to think long-term as a people. This is a democracy. This is a free, cap- free market capitalist system. If we have kind of the invisible hand, which kind of guides everything. But, but we can't. We, we have to make sure that the, the, the base is protect uh, Home ownership, we want to subsidize loans for homes. Now, maybe the person gets one home, maybe two. But beyond that, there, if you've got two, more than two homes, you don't get a long-term uh, government-backed mortgage. I mean, I think some of these things need to be looked at because – we, as a people, we want to have. Uh, we have, want to have. We're an ownership society. When people own things, it, it's better. If, if you ever notice, if you look at through neighborhoods, if people own the homes in the neighborhood, they're very well kept. If it's all renter homes, they tendly, tend to tend to not be kept up. And, and, and you can always tell people who owns a home and who is renting a home. It's a different. It's a different mentality. There's a buy-in to society when you have ownership, and, and, and so. What we want to do as the United States, we want to think long term as conservatives. Do we want electric cars everywhere? Yes, we're perfectly happy with that. But we don't want to risk having everything electrified and then have a cold snap hit or a solar flare, or ETF, I'm assuming an EMP, and then take out the electric. Bit and we don't have and, and this society shuts down. We want to have a a a, a society. That has checks and balances. We want to have a society with, with oil, energy. And we want to have oil and gas. We want to have nuclear. We want to have solar. We want to have wind. We want to encourage all of that. We want to we want a clean environment. But but we have to think long term, and we and we have to think it out. And, and, and this this is not a society. The United States of America is it, centrally planned. I look. I understand how much Larry think in in the Davos crowd. How much they love the idea that technocrats are telling us all what to do. But if you look. Everywhere, everywhere you've had centrally planned economies, things start going wrong because, because they start making stupid mistakes. The, the, the capitalist system, there's no one else like the United States. I mean, everyone wants to come to the United States. I mean, people – the reason why we have a problem at our, on our southern border is because everyone goes, oh, this is a free way to get into the United States because I want to become an American citizen, and I want to own something, and I would like to get ahead. We, we we welcome people getting ahead of the United States. So we we should we should take those values and move them forward. And we need we should as Republicans and as Demo- as 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 Republicans and as conservatives, we should think long term and have a set of values. Because I promise you, the Democrats and the Davos crowd, they have a set of values out there, and they're doing everything they can to push those values forward, however radical they are. And so, I think it's I think one thing we have not done. As conservatives, is thought long term and said, "No, what? Well, this is not part of our policy in the United States. We're, we don't want to defund oil and gas. We, look, we're going to back electric electric cars. We're going to back the, We're going to back wind and solar." But look, we understand there's going to be a, a transition, but it's going to take years. And we also want to have a backup in energy because we never want to get in trouble where the wind quits blowing in the center part of the United States, which has happened, or with you – know, you just don't know what could happen in the future. So those are some things to think about. I'll tell you what. Uh, we're coming up here on another quick break, uh, and we're going to talk some more about you know, what, what's going on with these markets. Uh, as well. But, but but I think all of these things are important going forward. Uh, I wanted to just touch base. Actually, on China, now that we're talking about China a little bit, I do want to cover – it's interesting. Some of the big firms like Fidelity and Schwab are now issuing warnings on their ETFs and some of their funds that, that, there's, something, that there, there, there's something called variable interest entities, which is – you go, Ted, what is that? I've never heard of it. Well, you have. It, it, it's companies like Alibaba, JDCom, Chinese companies that are domiciled in the Cayman Islands or elsewhere that, that supposedly have a call on the profits of Alibaba. But the problem is is they're not sure. The SEC has warned that the variable interest, uh, variable interest entities contracts might not be enforceable under Chinese law. And, and so they're having to put warnings on some of the ETFs. And this is the problem with investing in China is we really don't know what we're getting. But Gary Gensler the SEC is going, look, guys, there's some risk here. You need to start recognizing that. And what companies are going to – the U.S. could pass laws saying, look, these variable entities, we've got to see what the books are on these companies. If that's the case, you could see that there could be a real problem. So this is – again, we live in a very uh, difficult world right now with uh, – with so much with China and Russia, uh, we're, we're 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 dealing with Russia right now. Russia, it looks like at any moment it's about to is going to invade the Ukraine unless we have some miracle happen. And I'm also going to cut There's some very interesting things coming out that they they want to do with the sanctions, and we're going to be discussing that right after this quick break right here on the Max Out Savings Show.
4: sleep
6: calling out the it like promises to keep? Yeah, promises to keep.
2: Ted Giocca and the Max Out Savings Show continue after this short break. To find out more about Max Out Savings Advisors, visit maxoutsavings.com. In a moment, more of the Max Out Savings Show.
4: Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos that companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air... We're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message, we're 512 New Media, 512NewMedia.com.
1: This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. In the 1970s, the big song was the Bee Gees' "Stayin' Alive. Well, it was difficult back then to stay alive if you were a retiree. Inflation was running rampant. And since then, over the last 25 years, it's gone away. Well, inflation's coming back, and it's going to endanger your retirement. If you're a retiree, inflation is your biggest enemy. Hi, this is Ted Gioka of the Max Out Savings Show. If you need help with your retirement, I'd like to help you out. Go to MaxOutSavings.com. That's MaxOutSavings.com, and we'll show you how you manage through inflation. Don't let inflation destroy your retirement.
2: On Radio.com, this is AM 1070, The Answer. And now, more of the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka.
3: Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka. We're talking savings investments in your retirement. Uh, if you got any questions or comments, you can give us a call at 713-339-1070. We're dealing with Russia. The question is, what's going to happen with Russia now? And uh, are they going to invade the Ukraine? The Ukraine is the country right next to Russia. It used to be part of Russia. It was part of the old Soviet Union. And the Russians feel like that the greatest tragedy that's ever fallen them is the breakup of the Soviet Union. And so they're like, look, we'd like to get it back. and. And I think the mistake that we made is is we decided that we were going to try to put they, – they tried to put a pro-Western government in the Ukraine. And the Russians ever since then have been like, hey, this is ridiculous. And they're like, look, you need to commit not to put NATO into, into the Ukraine because we're not going to have NATO on our borders. We want to buffer. And the U.S. has said, no, we're not going to – we need to have the option to keep NATO in the future. And so it looks like the Russians are going to come in unless we get some miracle diplomacy but now they're coming up with all these programs uh, or, or uh, sanctions to, 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 to sanction Russia. First of all, let's understand sanctions. Sanctions do not work, okay? We have sanctioned Cuba, I, I say for 50 years. I think it's been longer than that. It's 50, 60 years we've, we've had sanctions on Cuba, and Cuba is sitting, you know. 50 miles off our coast, 50, 60 miles off our coast with no problems whatsoever and continues to do just fine. So sanctions don't work. Yeah, the, the Cuban people have suffered horribly because of the sanctions, but the government is still there. So I don't see what good the sanctions are. It, and they're going to go – What uh, oil companies and energy companies do a lot of business with Russia. Russia is one of the biggest oil producers in the world. So the oil service companies are over there. Uh Exxon, Royal Dutch Shell, uh, a number of them are over there. BP, 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 gets 30 percent of their production out of out of Russia. Nine uh, percent of BP, British Petroleum's uh, net net asset value is in Russia is is in uh, Russia uh, right now. And so, if they shut down Russia, this is going to be detrimental. Huge production is coming out of Sakhalin Island. I think Shell and Exxon are in that. Uh, uh, other companies, commodity trading companies, is in there very heavily, other companies are, are there. So if, if we shut them off and say, look, we're not going to keep you from producing oil and gas, well, they're going to continue to produce it because Russia... I remember this. I will say, wow. I'll, 40 years ago, I was touring a, 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 a research, big research facility, one of the best in the country, and uh, we're, the president was showing us around, and... Uh, and, and I made, they were doing something with a joint venture with Russia. I said, I'm surprised the Russians, you know, uh, what comes out of Russia, they're idiots. And he, he said, no, the Russians are some of the smartest people out there. And, and I never forgot that. And uh, I mean, this was a very high powered research institute in, uh, here in Texas. And, and, and they're like, look, you, you know, understand the Russians, they're very smart people. So they can get their oil and gas. It, we're not going to slow them down, but what's going to happen is if we deprive them of, of the energy sector of, of semiconductors to do things, they're just going to go to China. All we're going to do is drive them into the hands of China. Okay, and then and, and then what happens if the Chinese somehow take over Russia one day and then they're sitting on the European border? And, and this is a poor idea. It, it's it's poorly thought out. The sanctions don't work. I mean, sanctions have a remark. I mean, if it, I mean help any any any. Uh, Dictator or any group, a junta or whatever it is that takes over a country, let me help you out. The first thing you do is is, is get American sanctions on you. You'll be in power forever. But but, so the message I want to get across is this is very detrimental. We want Texas companies doing business with Russia in 20 or 30 or 50 years from now. We want Texas companies all over the world helping in the production of energy. We don't want to be frozen out and have Chinese companies in there instead. So this is something uh, – I, I think we need to revisit the, the – I don't view Russia as a big threat. I view China as the, as the gravest threat to the United States, and I think we need to continue to remind ourselves of that. But but this could also disrupt the market. Uh, we, have, we have a very volatile market. It's surprising how quickly this market sold off at the beginning of the year. It should have been rallying over this week, and it didn't because of what's going to happen in Russia. So we want to watch that closely uh, and, and see what's going to happen. I mean – we still have a market that is, that is, is off the highs. Uh, the economy is slowing down because of the COVID right now. It, it, and, 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 and there's shortage of virtually everything because the people can't get enough workers. Now, this is going to maybe fall out. I think COVID's going to go away in the next month. Uh, the They had a shot. The Atlanta GDP number was projecting 6% growth rate for the first quarter. It's now down to 0.1, which is a shocker. This is probably the best group of people that, that project what the economy is going to do. I, I think that's going to bounce back. I don't think we're going to be close to the 0.1 percent growth rate, but but it just shows you the slowdown we're dealing with out there with the COVID and, and everything else right now. So so the world has turned. We, we, we've gone 10, probably 20 years with the Fed cutting rates. Remember, these are very long-term trends. What we you know the, with the. Declining inflation was from the 1983, 82, 83. That's 40, almost 40 years' decline. That's shifting. We're now moving to more inflationary world. We we talked on this show in 1919 how inflation was starting to accelerate again in in, in late 1919. And and it was starting up, and then we hit hit the coronavirus, and then it collapsed. It, 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 for for a couple months, inflation plunged, but then six months later, it started back up again. Th- this trend of inflation is going to continue. The trend of higher interest rates is going to continue. The ten-year bond is right back in the range. It's about one point seven eight, somewhere in there. That that's the low end of the range it was before. It's starting to creep up above that. So so these trends are happening, and you've got to protect your portfolio from the from the inflation. The, is it look? Is inflation going to slow down from seven percent later this year? Yeah, probably so. But it's still, if it's five, keep in mind if they're reporting seven percent, the real number is closer to ten. So even if it goes down to five, it's still a very healthy inflation rate. In it, 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 raising interest rates a quarter of a point or half a point on the Fed funds, which is your short term money like money money market funds uh, rate, that's going to get you nowhere to slow things down. So. Uh, I think this is going to be a drag on the market. And also the idea that the market's selling off, cooling and, and crypto selling off because the Fed's raising rates. If that could cool off the housing market, that could slow down inflation as well. So, so having a higher stock market, it, it, we said this at the beginning of the show, is not in the best interest of the Federal Reserve. So taking all that into account, we're looking to see a very choppy year, a very volatile year. We're probably, Hopefully we're going to get a rally year in a little bit. I, and I think it's going to give you some opportunities, but but you want to look for those opportunities. If, if you look at, at inflation, I mean, it, 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 during inflationary times, dividend stocks tend to do the best because because the market do, doesn't do anything; it's flatter down until the dividends keep paying up. Let me give you some numbers here on dividends. Over the last 90 years, since 1930, uh, 1932, I believe. Now, dividends were 41% of, 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 the, uh, of, of the return of the S&P 500 or the stock market. I'm not sure if they, it was the Dow or the S&P 500. Uh, I'm not sure it went back that far. During the 1940s, it was 67%. Was that a bad market thing because World War II of, of the return was dividends. In the 1990s, the 1970s, it was 70% of the return market. That was a very inflationary time. So so going forward, in the 1990s, where the big stock market was only 16%, we're probably getting close where, where the dividends are going to start playing a bigger, bigger role. Uh, and, and we're seeing a shift from growth stocks to dividend, because as interest rates go up, that, that pushes down the denominator on high-growth stocks. Uh, it, and this is why uh, you know we, we made some purchases, actually. Uh, we're still, working, still building the position for... Uh, but we're looking at some of the, the, the phone sector uh, real closely uh, because of the dividend. Uh, I, I think the tech sector. I think the sec- tech sector peaked a couple months back. Uh, look, are some of these stocks going to be higher 12 months from now? Absolutely. But there are a lot of them are not going to recover to their own highs. The, the number of stocks down 40, 50, 60 percent is just shocking in the tech sector. Uh, it's pretty much the tech bubble appears to have popped. Now it's going to try to come up, but it goes. It'll maybe a sawtooth pattern down. But but I would be careful with the tech sector in here. Uh, if you look at if you look at the Dow, the Dow was only down about four percent year to date. Uh, or yeah, it's down 4.4 percent. But but the S&P's down seven, and the Nasdaq's down 12. So you can see where the damage is really being done as people are shifting to the industrials and oil and gas. The interesting thing is that, uh, uh, the, that, that the, uh, the one thing that is up this year is oil. It, 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 it's because, again, there's, there's been no investment in oil, uh, oil and gas over the last number of years. The oil companies are afraid to grow production because none of the big uh, fund companies want to see them grow production because they think it's not good for the environment. So they're, gonna, they're, they're now pushing for, for cash flow. In, in earnings, which is actually a positive for the sector. But everything else is down here to date So this is a pretty substantial decline. Tell you what, if you have any questions or comments, give us a call at 713 339 This is the last segment of the show, by the way, 713 uh, 339 So oil is the only one, uh, uh, l- lumber is lumber's down over 10% in here right now. So so, so, that again, we're seeing the slowdown. People are like, oh, interest rates are going up. This is going to start affecting housing prices. Mortgages are going up. You know, they were down around two and three quarters. I think they moved up closer to two, three and five eighths, three and three quarters, and that's slowing down some of the 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 housing market. And then you put that on top of a big decline. A lot of these people own tech stocks or crypto. They were about to buy a big house, and the price of crypto fell forty. They're like, oh, no, what's happened? Or or the price of their tech stock is 50%. Maybe they can't afford to buy the house or they're afraid to do anything. So this is going to push down housing prices. uh, We need to understand that this tech bubble has been absolutely massive. So we've talked uh, uh, a number of of shows back. trying to see if I can find it here. But uh, uh, the night, what was it? Uh, Basically uh, six or seven Stocks out there equal to a nine trillion dollar valuation. Uh, if, if, you, if you look at uh, Apple, was almost three trillion. If you look at Microsoft, Google, uh, Amazon, Facebook, it was about nine trillion dollar valuations, which has exceeded the, the GDP of Germany and Japan, and, and, or came close to it. So these were massive capitalizations. And, and as much as we talked about that, there was a lot of little stocks that, that just, you know, had some. Thing that might pan out in 2025 or 2026. Uh, and they, 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 they had 10, 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 billion dollar market caps on those companies, and those have all plunged. Okay, so anyway, but uh, so I think it's going to be a much more volatile market going forward. Look for a rally up. You've got to make sure you're not overweighted in the market. You want to have short term bonds, and you want to have industrial stable demand value companies with dividends. It's a different world. The S&P 500 with the 60-40 split with long-term bonds is not the place to be for the next decade. Anyway, if you get a chance, go to our website, sign up for the free newsletter. It's Max Out Savings Report. It's absolutely free. Or if you'd like an appointment, just go there and you can request an appointment. Anyway, until next week, I hope everyone has a great weekend. And, uh, And remember our motto and our philosophy, which is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term. You save aggressively, and then you conservatively invest. We just saw a complete collapse in many stocks out there over the first thirty days of the new year. There's a reason you invest conservatively, and people are starting to understand it. Uh, Remember, in 2008, the the S&P 500 went down 57%. Can your retirement afford that? The answer is probably no. But more importantly, we've gone from deflation to we'll move to the inflationary world. This is a long-term trend, and you want to prepare yourself for that. I I think you want to continue. I think you want to continue with the shorter-term bonds, not long-term bonds, short-term bonds, precious metals, energy, dividend-paying stocks value is going to be the key over the next decade. Anyway, I hope everybody has a great weekend.